Romans 4, we began reading this morning in verse 16, a message I've entitled, Growing Strong in Faith. That phrase comes right out of the text. We'll see it in a moment. Romans 4, Paul is writing, begins with Abraham, and then he comes down to verse 16. We'll go back to the first part of the chapter, but we'll begin reading here in verse 16, read through verse 25. You follow along as I read Romans 5, uh, Romans 4, I'm sorry, Romans 4, and verse 16 down through verse 25. Listen now, because this is the word of our great God. For this reason, it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also of those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, the father of many nations have I made you. In the presence of him uh, whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope he believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but, here it is, grew strong in faith giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised he was able to perform. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. righteousness. Not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus from from the dead. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. Matthew 17, Jesus speaks of faith the size of a mustard seed. He said, if you have faith like that, you'd be able to move mountains. You see, it's not large or small. It's faith or unbelief. God rewards faith. Matter of fact, without faith, it's impossible to please God according to the Word of God. But unbelief yields deadness And a rebuke of God when you say no to faith. The word faith is used nine times in this fourth chapter. And the word believe or belief is used three times. Therefore, 12 times we find in chapter 4 faith. Both words have the same root. Pistos, as we have it in the Greek New Testament, that we believe, that we have faith, that we trust. And so this morning, I want us to look at believing God and growing strong in mustard seed faith that God might raise us up to be his people. If it's impossible to please God 
without faith, it must be possible to please him with faith. So by faith we walk today and we look. Now, if, if I say something and you want to say amen, don't do it. Say, I believe today, all right? So if, if I ring your bell somewhere, the Spirit of God says that needs affirmation, just say, yeah, that's it. Jesus is not dead. He's risen from the dead. Yeah, that's it right there. Just help yourself. Just jump right in and help the preacher, and we'll be done faster than you've ever seen. You're doubting right now. Ah, oh, yes, by faith. Let's grow by faith this morning. In this text, I want you to see with me belief and growing strong in faith. Number one, I, I want you to see that if you, you must believe God is able to save. Believe God is able to save. Look, look in verse number three of chapter four. Uh, for what does the scripture say? That's a great, great question to ask. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Credited to him as righteousness. Ten times in this one chapter that word credited is used. God assigns to your account. He credits to your account. Your righteousness? Oh no a thousand times. No. He credits to your account when you come by faith the righteousness of Jesus and you become as righteous as Jesus and by grace you are saved through faith through faith and when you believe he credits the account of your godlessness with the righteousness of Jesus our Lord friend you'll never get saved by your own righteousness your own good works and what you do you, you have to understand that you're a sinner I'm a sinner that we all are doomed and damned and darkened and out of God's favor and yet God loved us and Jesus died for us and he was raised and when we put our faith in him he credits your account with the righteousness of Jesus Oh, hallelujah. I believe. I do. Have you come to the place where you've believed and he's credited your account? Sometimes we doubt. Quit doubting, friend. It's not by what you do. You just keep looking back. God credited my account. He accredited. When Abraham believed, God credited it to him as righteousness. So first of all, I want you to see that you must believe God is able to save and he's able to save you. If you would just call on his name, he would save you. But not only believe that God is able to save, believe that God is able to forgive, to forgive. Now, it's interesting. You read the uh, fourth chapter of Romans and first one, two, three, four, five. It's Abraham, 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 Abraham. And then in verse six, he throws us a curve. And he just leaves Abraham and he jumps to King David. He begins to talk about David. Now, Abraham was not under the law. He was before the law. David is under the law. And Paul is showing us here that righteousness comes to those that are under the law are not under the law. Those of circumcision, those not of circumcision. And then he begins to deal with David. And I'm just like, where did this come from? Well, notice it in verse 6. 
Just as David also speaks of the blessing on the man of whom God credits right. There it is again. He's doing the same thing for David. Credits righteousness apart from works, not by what you do. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. He's quoting David from Psalm 32. You read about David's a man after God's own heart, and you think, my, what a great man, the king of Israel, but yet he was a godless sinner. Just in one day, he broke three of the Ten Commandments. David knew them all. You don't believe that. You get to heaven one day, you find King David, ask him. He'll quote the Ten Commandments to you. I guarantee you will. There was David one day walking up on the balcony of his home and Oh, Lord, who is that? He lusts in his heart. Then he covets that lady, law number one, broke. He then calls her to his quarters and commits adultery with her, law number two. Then he sends her husband to the front line, has him murdered. He broke three of the top ten before you could turn around. And yet this man, when he believed God, God put his righteousness on his account by faith. And then in verse 8, boy, David would say, blessed is the man whose sin the Lord is not taken into his account. He wipes the slate clean. Now, friend, I'm sure, I know some of you, many of you, though I've never met, I don't even know anything really about you. I don't care what your sin is today. I'm here to tell you, you must believe God is able to forgive you. And he wipes the slate clean. Hallelujah. What a Savior. I was looking... At uh, social media this week, and my good friend Brian Esker Lennon. I almost put his picture up on the screen that he posted, but I decided against it. Uh, and we'd be children in the room, and uh, he had a picture here and a picture. He had two pictures, right, side by side, before salvation, after salvation. And there's Brian. I've seen these pictures before, but he posted them on the anniversary of his salvation and he's lying in the bed propped up he's awake he's got a six-pack on top of his head he's got a coors between his legs and next to him he's got I don't know like a case or two and he's leaning over on that and you can tell he's drunk out of his mind he was a godless wretch and right now this very moment because of the grace of God he's the pastor of a church in Atmore Alabama on the reservation of the Indian tribe that's there. Unbelievable. What's the difference? The difference is God counted and credited his righteousness to Brian's account and forgave his sin. I don't know what kind of sinner you are. David broke three there in about just a few days. I'm sure you've broken the covenant of God. And let me tell you, if you'll believe God and confess your sin, he will forgive your sin and wipe the slate clean. Oh, I hope you believe that. Hope you've come to him to be saved. Oh, you come with your, uh, 
wretched life. He'll wipe it clean. Wipe it clean. Here in a few days, I'm going to be speaking in Birmingham in a brand new building. It used to be a region's uh, training center. Now ministries bought it. And so I got uh, an email from them the other day and said, you come and said, just bring your laptop and you plug it in, you hit, you know, and you can put anything on the board and do your finger and, and it'll just go away and all of that. And I'm like, I sent the lady back. I said, y'all got any chalk? They said, no, we don't have any chalk. I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll just do something else. It's amazing to me. You, you can just, it's just gone. Just off the board. Let me tell you, friend, when you come to Jesus, your sin vanishes. It is wiped away and taken from your account and put on Jesus' account, and his righteousness is put on your account. Hallelujah, I believe. Yes, indeed, what a Savior. Trust him today and believe. Believe he's able to say. Believe he's able to forgive. But now number three, I want you to believe that God is able to perform. To perform. Now, now notice this. In, in verse 20, 21. Yet with respect to the promise of God. There's God's promise. Talking about Abraham. He did not waver in unbelief but grew strong in faith. Giving glory to God, verse 21, and being fully assured that God, what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Listen to me. He was persuaded that what God promised, he could do, that he can perform what he said he would do. Now, Abraham, Abraham had. He had a troubled soul. God had promised him, you're going to be the father of a multitude. Like the stars of the sky, like the grains of sand on the sea. You're going to have, to, that nation's going to be multitudinous. And Abraham said, I, I, I don't even have any kids. Sarah and I can't have children. He said, you leave that to me. Then they went a little while and Sarah decided they need to help God out. Have y'all ever tried to help God out? Let me just say on a little little secret here. He doesn't need your help. What God needs is your obedience. You find the promise of God and believe it and he will perform what he said he did. But but they they decided to help him out. So Hagar comes in and Abraham and Hagar have a child and they say okay we're no 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 that's the reason we got Hamas today that's the other side of the issue I didn't say all Palestinians were evil but there is a group that's where that came from and God said no 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 you're trying to do it your way let's do it my way and Abraham said Lord I'm I'm almost a hundred years old he was 99. Sarah's 90. And they have a child. And they name him Isaac. Because Sarah laughed when she heard they were going to have a baby. Isaac means joyful laughter. But that was not the miracle. The miracle was that God then told Abraham, take this son 
to Moriah and sacrifice him. And Abraham believed that even if he sacrificed his son, God could raise him from the dead. He began to believe what God said and that God would perform what he had said. And when he pulled his knife back, Isaac had said, Lord, here's the wood and the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And he said, God will provide. And he heard the animal and God's angel stayed his hand. He took him off. They made the sacrifice. The Jewish nation began to flourish. Listen to me. You do not walk by what you can see. You walk by what God has said. Abraham had to die to his flesh and begin to live by faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. I just wish God would give me a visual assignment sometime. Lord, let me just see it before you tell it to me. Well, that's not faith. That's walking like the world. You count as if it is so and it's not so in order that it can be so. Faith. Let me tell you, God's given Olive Baptist Church an assignment of faith. It's not what we can see. It's what God tells us to do. And then we act even when we can't see it. I can tell now y'all don't want to get out early. <laughs> Ain't nobody helping me none. <laughs> you, you got to begin to trust God by faith. You ever get in that place where you just doubt and you begin to live by your feelings rather than faith? Well, I, I had a bad day yesterday. And the day before, about 48 hours there. It was just wasn't good. Matter of fact, I, I got really discouraged. I, I just want to quit. I, I had a buddy of mine call me. He said, are you okay? I said, yeah. He said, don't lie to me. I said, well, yeah, I'm not doing too good. He said, what's going on? And I said, you know, it's just little stuff. It's like gnats around your nose. You know, you just, the more you snort, the more they come back, you know. I said, it's not big. It's, it's, it's just discouraged. This kind of. I told my wife about it. We talked a little bit. And she's gone and for a while and so I went out in my back office in my altar area and I couldn't help it I just cried and I cried and I just cried and cried I had me a pity party is what it did but I, still I hurt I just cried and then I did something I would never counsel you to do okay I'm not telling you to do this I'm just telling you that I did it I said, Lord, I need a word. I, I, I really do. And I said, Lord, I, I'm, I'm lazy. I don't want to hump. I tell you, I'm just going to take my Bible here, and I'm just going to drop it on this altar. And wherever it opens, I'm just going to put my finger down, and I need you to speak to me. 
Now, that's no way to study your Bible. Okay? I'm not, don't do that. I'm not counseling you to do it. I had a buddy of mine did it one time. He said he just put it down and it said, Judas went out and hanged himself. And he said, I don't like that. And he flopped it open again, put his finger down and said, go and do thou likewise. I said, oh, Lord, I, I don't none of that. But yesterday, I, I just said, Lord, I, I just need, and I looked down, and it was the text where Jesus was walking through town, and there's a woman got her son on the funeral wagon coming through town he's dead and she is crying and crying and crying and crying and I put my finger down and it landed on that word crying and God's spirit spoke said stop weeping and trust me for just as I resurrected her son in that text I will raise you up to do what I need you to do so, I shut my Bible and shut my mouth and I dried my eyes and I went on about my business. I already had this sermon in the bank. But I had words, but I didn't have a word. Amen. You ever teach a lesson? You got the words, but you don't have a word? <laughs> yeah. And I just said, God, I, I just want to die to the flesh and live by faith. And that's what God's calling some of us to do in this room today. Stop living in your flesh. Now I say flesh, I don't, that's not always wicked. Sometimes that's just your strength. It, it's just the best you can do. Friend, we don't need the best you can do. We need the best he can do. And so we died ourselves and lived to the power of the Holy Ghost of God within us. I believe. I believe. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me in the life I live. I live by sight. No, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you got to believe. I have people who tell me today, you know, even getting saved, you can't believe. It's not by that. Well, let me tell you, God saves. I don't save myself. But he does tell us to believe. Would God give us a command to do what we had no chance of doing what kind of God is that well just hear the word of the Lord today I'll, I'll just read it to you it's several verses and follow along with Jesus said most of this and if he said it that's a good place to start John 3 15 mm-hmm. so that whoever say it out loud believes in him will have eternal life for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life you must believe John 4 13 14 Jesus answered and said everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again but everyone who drinks of the water that I give him shall never thirst but the water that I will give him will be will become in him a well of water springing up into eternal life John 6 and verse number 40 for this is the will of my father that everyone who beholds the son and believes in him will have eternal life and I myself will raise him up on the last day in John 11 and verse 26 we find uh, the word of our Lord saying and everyone who lives and 
believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? John chapter 12 and verse 46, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in him will not remain in darkness in Acts 2 and verse 21 and it shall be that everyone who calls on my name on my Lord will on my name will be saved in Acts 10 and verse 43 hear the word of the Lord of him all the prophets bear the witness that through his name everyone who does what believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins. Romans 9 and verse 33, just as it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. And then John, 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 1, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is what? Do you understand? Do you see it? For you got to believe. You gotta have faith. So what's that mean? You put all your trust in him. You quit trusting yourself. You don't trust your baptism. You, you don't trust your church for it. You, you, you trust Christ. But not only do you trust Christ to save you, you trust Christ to take you day by day by day through whatever it is you're walking in. And if you live for Christ, you're gonna walk in some stuff. But if you got faith, the grain of a mustard seed. See, it's not the size, it's the faith. It's not faith that you can do it, it's faith that he can do it. It's the faith, it's the object of the faith, not the one who does it. You put your faith in God and God alone. See, I'm going through a bunch of junk. This nets. Mama's 92, she's sick. How long, Lord, how long? Well, you don't get to answer to that. Don't quit asking. Only ask once a day. How long? You know, and then we got this stuff over here. I said, well, how long? We got to put up with that. Just trust me. You know, it's, it's not big. Nobody broke in my house and ran off with my wife to, with the Hamas deal. I mean, it's, it's not like it burnt my house down. I mean, some of you walking through stuff like that. I'm just having a pity party. Just, that's a Greek word for it. <laughs> don't look at me like you've never been there. Amen. So you're going to live by the flesh or you're going to live by faith. You, you decide. Some of you got big things. Cancer words come. Kids run off. Lost a job. You're going to walk by faith. You're going to walk by feeling and sight. If you walk by feeling and sight, you're going to have a pity party and you're just going to stink up the place. When you begin to walk by faith, it's vibrant. Easy, oh no. But God gets glory. And other people begin to say something is different. And the difference is the one you're trusting, not the life you're living. And they say, wow, what a Savior. What a God.
What a Lord. So we put our faith in Him and we grow it. Mustard seed faith. When God says you're going to be the father of many nations, then you don't trust Hagar. You trust God. He'll bring it. Amen. Gives you a promise. Take your son and give him away. You obey and God takes care of it. If he has to, he raises it. Let me tell you, God can open the womb and he can open the tomb. And he did both of those in this text today. Now will you open your heart and believe. Walk by faith I've said it to you a thousand times told you about Manly Beasley I just went back took his two faith workbooks and just worked through them a month ago and I'm here having a pity party yesterday I just read the faith workbooks I'm not supposed to have that problem that's one place this is another place I know but now I got to believe got to begin to put your life on the bedrock of his truth and believe somebody's here today and you need to believe somebody needs to believe for salvation amen and some people here number two need to believe for the forgiveness of your sins You've walked away from it, and you need to come home to God. And some of you need to come and say, I believe God can perform what he's told me, and I will be about what God's told me to do. Even when I can't see it, I will step forward, and I'll go. Man, I remember. Now, John, come on, let's sing. I was a kid preacher. I pastored a church three and a half years north of Birmingham little old country church. That choir bigger than our church. But 44 first Sunday I got there. And God called me and he said, I want you to go to seminary. At the same time, a church in central Alabama called me. So I want you to come be our pastor. They ran 300. 300 people. Biggest church I'd ever seen. I'd never been in a church with 300. Oh, during revival, yeah, but I, I mean on a regular side. They had a big parsonage. It had five bedrooms. I had one wife, no kids. Five bedrooms, 300. I looked at the budget. I said, this is a no-brainer. And God said, I want you to walk away from that little church where you are. I want you to walk away from that first Baptist church there, and I want you to go to Texas. I said, yes, sir, Lord, I ain't going. <laughs> you ever told the Lord you're not going? He'll deal with you. Hey, man, he'll deal with you. Hey, wore me out. And so I, I already believe, brother. I put one foot in front of the other. I put everything I owned in a U-Haul truck and took off to a land I'd never been in before. Boy, I got in that first year. I said, Lord, if that church will call me, I'll leave here in a New York minute. I'll be back to Alabama. 
Nobody called me. <laughs> Just stay by the stuff. Just stay by the stuff. You know, there are days, if you're going to walk by faith, you can't see six inches in front of you. But you know everything God's doing right under you. And you stand where God puts you till God moves you. Don't go in. When God says, okay, amen. There's an old country song, some of God's greatest blessings, unanswered prayer. I don't know who did that. One of the old stupid country songs. Man, I can't, I can't fathom if God had given me everything I asked for. <laughs> I'd be married to the wrong woman, living in the wrong town. Friend, you find out what God wants and stand in it, and when he opens the door, you walk through it, but until he opens the door, stay there. And then when he opens the door, run. I mean, go. Walk by faith. Walk by faith when God speaks. Don't go running after Hagar. No. Run after Sarah. Say, oh God, open the womb, open the tomb, open my heart. I believe God can. If, if, if our church ever gets hold of this, we'll touch this city for Christ. We'll touch the city. We'll touch the city. We've got to begin to believe God.